Hello, and welcome to the Equalizer podcast. I'm your host, Ariana Cascone, and I'm back and here today with Thea Lloyd-Hughes to talk about the United States Women's National Team's first World Cup match. So the World Cup is finally here, right? We've been talking about this for weeks on the pod, and you know we've had a handful of games, and finally the U.S. has taken the field, so we're recording this directly after their first game on Friday night here in the U.S. Uh, against Vietnam. So before we get into all that, Theo, how are you doing tonight? Doing good. Happy Friday night. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, definitely, you can probably hear a little bit tired. <laughs> I think those early games are starting to catch up with us over here uh, in the United States. Yeah, I feel that. I am. I was really excited for this game, but definitely those early wake-ups have caught up to me at this point. Um, so, you know, when we think about this game, so the United States won three, nothing. Um, and I think maybe folks thought that the game might've been a little bit more lopsided in the score line. Um, so I guess if we want to talk big picture to start, right, like what are some maybe takeaways that we can, that we can have from this game, Theo? One of the first things, maybe because it's just finished and she was on the pitch and she hit the crossbar and she missed a header from five yards. But one of my first big picture feelings is Rose Lavelle's playing football. That's got to be a takeaway, right? Hadn't seen her in months and months. Um, did you Yeah. Did you have any feelings just seeing Rose strap, strap her boots on and, and get back on the grass? thought that was big. Yeah, that was huge. Um, I was not sure if we would see Lavelle come in in this one. Me neither. I, I didn't think we'd see her. Yeah. Um, you know, especially thinking about how Vietnam was not really posing an attacking threat. It's not like the United States needed a goal desperately. Um, so just getting Lavelle on the pitch was exciting. I think that was her first game back since she played against Ireland for club or country. So I thought she looked pretty good. Um, definitely impactful. You know, like you said, she hit the crossbar. I thought for a second that might go in. Um, it feels like nature is healing seeing Roosevelt back in the field, right? Absolutely. It's a good way of putting it. I guess the it kind of her not scoring touches a little bit on maybe the next big picture thing is, you know, did the US miss too many chances tonight? Um 4.27 XG, three goals. That's not, you know, the worst ratio in the world. 28 shots, maybe sounds a little bit spicier, eight on target. Um but yeah, do you think, do you think the, the USA were profligate in front of goal? Should they have should they have had more? I think it was a, a little bit of what we have seen from the U.S. in the recent past in terms of creating chances, but but having some kind of disconnect in the final third. I thought at times, um, you know, players were over dribbling in the final third, and maybe maybe those decisions are kind of necessary this early in the tournament to gain confidence and to just go at defenders. And you know, this is the World Cup; it's the biggest stage. A lot of these players are here for the first time, um, so you know, I. I say that, but also I would say two of the three goals that the team scored were just lights out. You know, the first goal in particular was was really, really great. Um, you know, Lindsay Horan hits Alex Morgan, who has her back to goal, and really cheekily assists Sophia Smith's first goal, right? And that it sort of doesn't get better than that. Um, so I was excited to see that sequence. And that was the earliest goal that that we have seen in the tournament so far. So that's kind of exciting, too. 
yeah 14 minutes right um beautiful yeah really beautiful piece of football and i think it's interesting that they weren't able to replicate that mm -hmm. i guess for the next 76 plus lots and lots of extra time um because it really was you know they kept it on the deck it's a nice it was definitely a lot of long ball today which was maybe catching people by surprise as well it was quite direct from the usa um didn't move the ball very fast out their feet that much on the ground apart from that move like you said and and i think maybe morgan hasn't been given credit as a center forward for maybe dropping a bit deeper and playing more of a support role whether it's with a head or with a feet with a chest kind of maybe being a bit more of a velcro player i thought it was a really really nice really really nice touch and, and smith does really well nutmegs a keeper as well which i actually didn't realize at first and then on the replay you catch that nutmeg um, and I guess on Smith, another big takeaway, two goals and an assist. It's only one game, but she immediately puts herself at the top of the golden ball chart uh, for the, sorry, for the golden boot and for the golden ball, probably. Do you think, again, one game, but do you think she she's really setting herself up to win a tournament MVP? I think she has a really good chance to do that. And it's kind of wild that I have that thought because of how young she is, right? Her World Cup debut. Right. I think, first appearance, first goals. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. Um, you know, Sophia Smith has been great in the NWSL since she got there. And it feels like she could really be this tournament's breakout player. Um, so in a way, I'm just really excited that her, you know, that the first game went like this for her. Um, those two goals. The second one, a little bit confusing, right? The VAR checks in this game were really long. Um Yeah. That's on the negative side of these overall impressions. This ref, we've we've seen some questionable refereeing performances, and this might be the worst one. Um, far too much time in front of the screen. Look, we all understand it's not easy to get make the right call, but way too much time. It should only take maybe two minutes max. We had three, four, five minute stoppages, and I don't really understand the offside call. I don't know if you can enlighten me on why that was given. Some people are saying Alex Morgan didn't interfere with play, which I would dispute. Some people are saying that they've maybe adjusted the offside rule. So the fact that her shoulder looked offside, uh, her shoulder is not a playable or not a score. I don't know. That was, on Twitter, it felt like there was a lot of disputes in group chats. There's a lot of disputes. Um, yeah. What was your feelings on that? Yeah. the It's interesting because the broadcast was sort of indicating that maybe the play reset. So the original ball in Alex Morgan was offside, but then it was played out and then played back in. And she was onside on the second service in, which ended up, I think, being the goal. Um, I don't know how I feel about that. The announcers were sort of saying, oh, maybe that was the interpretation. Uh, I, I'm not sure about that rule changing. I, I don't, I don't think it has changed. Right. And they did show the little blue person. Mm hmm. Um, but I thought the blue person didn't really help because the blue person <laughs> said on, on side at the bottom and yet you could clearly see her shoulder was beyond the other player. So I was like, why are you showing us the blue people? The blue people, the blue man group isn't going to help anyone here. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was a, also a tough night for the broadcasters, I suppose, not really exactly knowing the rule. And I guess it puts puts the point, you know, we, we, it's nice that the referee is now mic'd up, right? We heard uh, penalty USA. Like we, it was cool to have that. Mm -hmm. but it would be nice if we had the people in the room talking over what you were just talking about, which is the rule itself and the interpretation, because it felt a bit like we got the result without the the working out. Yeah. 
I agree. I think this the uh, the first time I saw the referees come on the mic and and say the decisions in this tournament, I was like, "What is going on? What sport are we watching?" And now I kind of like it. It's nice to all be on yeah, the same big, page. Big cricket vibes uh, for any uh, cricket watchers out there. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, so we're we've talked about some of the goals, some of these kind of big takeaways, positive and negative. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about this lineup that head coach Vlako Nanovsky mm. has rolled out with. Right. So we're seeing. Julie Ertz and Naomi Gurma as the center back pairing in this game. Um, and we see Sav DeMello get her first ever senior national team start right in her second cap. So a question that I have is, is this the starting 11 for the rest of the tournament or should we expect to see some rotation? I think those two things can both be true. This could be the best 11 or the starting 11, if you like. And I think, uh, we were definitely. I think there's definitely going to be rotation. I don't think there's any way the United States go through these group games um, without rotation. I think my gut feeling is it's hard to read too much into the game against Vietnam because it's Vietnam. Mm-hmm. You know, no disrespect. I thought they actually worked really hard tonight, and um, you know, obviously the penalty save was a huge moment for them in their World Cup history and in the history of the national team, and the effort they put in tonight. Even you know, not having a single shot is is disappointing, but I thought they they really hustled, especially late on. But it is still Vietnam, and I think Vlatko had the luxury, if you like, to not necessarily put out his best eleven tonight, or to try different things, or to try players who maybe you could shoot from distance, or or have more aerial balls, or maybe we saw a lot of Sav Mello set pieces tonight. Maybe he's trying to get her comfortable as a set piece taker, um, but maybe she won't start the Holland game. The Holland team. I think will be closer to what the US will want to play in the knockout rounds, but also maybe we're seeing Vlatko be more fluid with what his quote unquote best eleven looks like. But I don't think you can read too much in it in, in it tonight. And I think when you look at how little of the ball Vietnam are going to have, why not put you know a number six or a defensive midfielder at centre back? Like you, you know, there wasn't really much defending there to do tonight. Um, so maybe it's not the game for Alana Cook. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think. I don't think it really said a lot, in my opinion. Um, that's not to say it's not the best eleven, but I don't. It just doesn't, for me, feel like the game that Vatko is like. Here's going to here's going to be my best eleven players for a, no- a knockout game against, you know, insert Sweden or Norway or Brazil, Germany. Like that's just not what I think is he thinks his best eleven is. Do you agree? Do you not? What's your feels? I think that's a pretty good interpretation. Um, you know we're talking about how Vietnam really didn't have it. They did not have any shots on target and the U S basically lit up Vietnam's goal despite only three going in. Um, so putting Julie Ertz back there with Naomi Gurma, I think ultimately ended up to be a good choice. Um, not for the defending piece as much, but I think maybe a leadership piece, right? Julie Ertz has been there before. Um, and maybe just offering like a steady presence, Maybe that I could see that being uh, being a strong vibes. Bring the mum vibes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. Um, or, or maybe you know that is we have we have heard him say we have heard Lodkonanowski say that Julia Ertz might see time at center back this tournament. So maybe this was a precursor to you know games in which the United States defense will be tested more. Um, I think it it was exciting to see Sav Demello get time tonight. I think it's a good 
decision if she's going to be impactful, maybe off the bench later on, right? You don't want to sort of just throw her into the fire um, when there's a lot on the line. You know, not saying that there isn't anything on the line in the opener. You want to make a statement. You want to get the win. But, you know, I think that some of these decisions, while surprising at first, as the game was going on, they did kind of make sense um, in a way. I think in a way I was actually shocked there wasn't maybe a little bit more experimentation. Like Emily Fox is very good, very good dribble of the ball. We all know how much she can progress the ball. But mm-hmm. with the amount of aerial balls we saw tonight, especially from Andy Sullivan, I thought maybe it would have been a good game to start Huerta and have have her crossing against a very short uh, Vietnam back five who I wrote down along their back five uh, from right to left, five foot two, five foot three, five foot four, five foot three, five foot one. So we're wow. not going to play a shorter team than Vietnam um, going up against, you know, Morgan who's 5'8", Trinity Roman who's 5'10", Haran uh, is 5'9". Um, yeah, I thought it would have been a good game for Huerta. So I thought that, you know, the the, the Ertz thing was interesting, but I almost thought Flacco could have experimented more if we think this was not his best 11. If it was his best 11, then I get, you know, wanting to have Emily Fox getting into that role. And, and you know, maybe it's a little bit of both. Maybe... You know, you give Ertz uh, to go and she gets her comfortable there. And you also, you know, you know, Dunn and, and Fox are probably the best or well, the, the starting two fullbacks. Yeah. The thank you for looking into those heights. That is wild. Um, we, you know, you saw on the field the height difference, but I didn't realize it was so stark. Um, that I think probably goes along with part of the reason why the US were playing so direct. So, I tweeted about this, but I think a really big highlight from this game was distribution from the United States center backs. And we saw that on the third goal, right? It was a ball over the top of the back line. Um, and, you know, we're talking about crosses. Cross, we could see the height difference. I don't actually know that we took advantage or the United States took advantage of the height difference right. as much as they should have. Right. Right. That's the that's the second part. One is doing playing the ball. It's the second part. Is putting the back in the net. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It's that great moment where Rapino missed an absolute sitter, and oh they caught gosh. on the camera. Haran just kind of giggling to herself because she was like, "Oh, mate, you should have you should have buried that." And there was a bit of that. It did feel like the USA were, you know, they weren't bad tonight, but they were not hitting the marks and the crossing and the head. There was, you know, I think Julie Hurt missed a good header in the first half as well. Roosevelt one, yeah, and it did feel like there was a lot of balls to nothing you know going into the box yeah i i agree with that and i think there was almost just i don't really know what to call it but there were times when players had time to take an extra touch in the box and get a shot off and instead just sort of like sorted over the goal so you mentioned rapinos right that i think she did have maybe a second to take you know control the ball and then um and then potentially find the net (laughs) make a shot on target Lindsay we see Lindsay Horan did that right she did take time and then ended up scoring so she didn't score off of a one touch um to get the third goal for the U.S. so I think some of those things will come as the U.S. grows through the tournament um you know you mentioned the the expected goals that were generated by this team they're clearly creating chances right and so I think the final piece hopefully will be finding the back of the net um at a, at a more consistent clip which is interesting to say after they just won three nothing right it's like cognitive dissonance i feel like i say that often when i'm talking about the national team lately i think another thing we talk about the lineup and i'd also like to talk a little bit about the subs so you yeah. know 
what what are your general takeaways when we think about um you know we see rapino and rose lavelle come in around 63 ish um and then later in the game we see thompson and um I am missing others. I know that you have them. <laughs> Kelly, <laughs> Kelly O'Hara and Sophia the Yeah, like, you know, 83 minutes or something like that. Less, less stretch of the game. So what do we make of those decisions to bring bring players on? Um, like either Rapino and Lavelle kind of early-ish, 60 minutes, and then thinking about the fullback subbing in and for the last 10. I thought the the first two kind of made sense to me. You got you got to look at Sophia Smith in in the center forward role. So that was that was kind of what you gained, right? Mm-hmm. Because you were able to bring in um, Lavelle to play the kind of Demello role, the kind of eight slash ten, and then Smith went into the middle for Morgan going off, and Rapino was able to play out wide. Um, so I thought that was good, uh, but the the ones off that definitely were a little bit more in, like. Well, actually, Thompson was great. It was really good to see her, you know, such a young player, walk-up debut. She actually looked really bright, I thought. Um, you know, she's always so bright on the ball, so brave on the ball. She wants to take people on. I thought it was the perfect game for her to come in and kind of get her get her feet wet. But I definitely think that the changing the two fullbacks at the end did feel a bit weird, in my opinion, and a bit unnecessary. You, you could have taken Smith off, who'd obviously, you know, maybe you wanted to keep her on to get a hat-trick, but she didn't really need to be on the pitch anymore. Like you said, it would have been great to see Lynn Williams play at centre-forward. Um, and yeah, I just don't think you needed to change the fullbacks. Squeta, I thought maybe you could have started the game or you could have brought her on maybe at half time, but bringing her on for the final five minutes did feel kind of random. Um, yeah, I don't know. What did you make of the two fullbacks getting changed out very late? Yeah, I have the same thoughts. Um, I would have maybe liked to see Huerta sooner, sort of like what you said before, because she is a crossing specialist, right? She's one of the best crossers on the team in the NWSL generally. Um, so and knowing about the height difference, it really would have been fun to see her come in sooner. Um, I don't know what what the plan was. Like, what was it? What was the team anticipating gaining from making those late changes? Well, and it didn't. It didn't feel planned, right? Like, I'm not a <laughs> scientist. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a physiotherapist. But like, at what point are you like, okay, last five minutes, let's get these fullbacks out of here? Like, was there was it something to do with the stoppage time? Like, because they played so much stoppage time, like. Technically, Fox and Dunn had hit 90 and Flacco wanted them out. Like, it did feel very odd to flip both your fullbacks at the same time with five minutes to go. It was, yeah, didn't didn't really get it. Yeah, maybe we'll see either of those players start. And so he just sort of wanted to get them on the field and get some of the jitters off. Um, well, for Cueto, that makes sense. For yeah, Ahara, not for like, Omar, yeah. Ahara shouldn't have jitters, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Ahara doesn't have jitters. And when she got on the field, she was... Kind of just like bulldozing through players, um, no jitters whatsoever. Yeah, well, and you know, like it, you know, it should we should get mentioned? Fourth World Cup for Ertz, fourth World Cup for O'Hara. Nair, Rapino comes on. Rapino makes a two hundredth cap as well. You know, there's some good milestones. Yeah, totally. Um, so in general, you know, we're we're sort of dissecting this a little bit. I think it was a dominant performance by the United States. You look at the scoreline and you're like, holy cow! You know, it's no. 13 nothing um which as i kind of alluded to at the beginning of the pod people might have been expecting um but i think vietnam were a wild card and i'm kind of excited to watch them in this group um because i think they were really organized defensively i mean you know they came out in a 5-4-1 and at times it looked like they were playing six at the back 
So, you know, I know we're talking and focusing on the United States, but I think there were some really bright spots from Vietnam tonight. No, I think that's a great point. And I actually think, you know, four years ago, the Thailand game, it's not like, I, I didn't don't really know enough about that Thailand team to necessarily make this metaphor, but it, it maybe shows you where women's football is across the world mm-hmm. or Asian football, that a team that Thailand got beaten by that scoreline and Vietnam got beaten by this scoreline. It maybe shows the growth of the game in the past four years. Like I said, I might be speaking a bit out of turn because I haven't necessarily done my entire research on the investment and and the up of the game in, in Asia. But I do think it's an interesting kind of parallel to see the USA go up against two teams from Asia and to have such difference in the scoreline. Um, and there were some good moments tonight. You know, I think we've, we already mentioned it at the top, but the penalty save uh, by Jung, uh, Chung T, Kim Tan, I thought was was fantastic. Um, obviously, Morgan will want that one back. And uh, Neil Wynn as well, uh, the number nine, who put Lindsay Horan on her ass with that <laughs> lovely little flick uh, flick move. You know, she did a little kind of fake out back uh, back heel reset of her touch. And yeah, Lindsay Horan absolutely ate it up and ended up on her ass. And I thought that was, you know, if you're a Vietnam fan, those are the moments that get you out of your seat. And so uh, that was really great to see. And there was a really good fans in the stadium uh, at Eden Park as well. So that was really awesome to see. And yeah, I think 3-0 is is not a bad scoreline. I think Vietnam will go away being like, you know, we did all right. We worked really hard for that. Um, it's not embarrassing at all. It, it reminded me a little bit of the the Chile USA game. I mean, there was Christine Andler. Endler did such an amazing performance in that one in the last World Cup, but it did remind me a little bit of that where like the USA won, but it kind of felt like the other team <laughs> One, <laughs> the other team was happy with the three, with the because that game was three 0 as well. But mm-hmm. Endler put in that like unbelievable display, and it kind of felt like it was like, yeah, the USA won, but Vietnam will be like quite happy to lose three 0 Maybe I don't know. We'll see their quotes when they come out. Yeah, we will. Well, thank you so much, Theo, for coming on. I I really had a good time, sort of breaking this one down. Um, hopefully we'll do this again soon. So. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And thanks to our producer, Jacqueline Purdy, for all your hard work. For The Equalizer, I'm Ariana Cascone, and we'll be back soon with more on The Equalizer podcast.